We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins, or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. That's right. All right. Now, you go ahead and get your questions together, and we're going to start answering these questions. We're going to count them down because usually we have a, we have room for about 10 to 11 questions. And so what we're going to do is we're going to just make sure we're, we're just t- trying to make sure that we stay on task. Actually, Miss G looks like uh, she has a question. Oh, you want to start over here first? Yeah. Everybody in the chat gets priority. So if you got a question live, go ahead and give it to us. Okay, so she says, I'm dating this guy who was all good when I did some financial transactions for him. When I told him I don't want to do that anymore, very time consuming. Now he doesn't want to talk to me. Was he using me, babe? Okay. Was he using? Oh, was he using me? Um, I don't think he was using you. Well, uh, okay. Here's the thing. He may or may not have been using you. The problem is, is that some people just can't take a no. Some people just can't take what they feel like is rejection. And right now we're in an era and we're going to we maybe we could talk about this later. Maybe hopefully this sparks some things in your minds, men and women. But we're in an era where where, uh, men are being sensitive right now. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm just, you know, men are being sensitive right now. Um, There's some sense of entitlement because I ask you to do something. You should do something or this destiny, that and the other. Right. And what they do is they use ghosting or they use. Um, not talking to you no more, or they may use the relationship as a as a means to punish you. So here's the thing. You don't even want to know why he did what he did. Know that he did what he did, because now you understand that there's a pattern to how, how what happens when he's upset with you. So if you continue on in this relationship, let's say he bounces back. Oh, my bad. Blah, blah, blah. You'll under, you you'll see this again, guaranteed. Next time you tell him no, next time you reject it, next time you say that this is uncomfortable, he will move away from you. He will uh, re- take his presence back in order to punish you. Right. And if you continue to take him back after that, now he's grooming you uh, to be punished by retracting his presence and to do things that are uncomfortable for you. So if I were you, take this lesson right now yes. and uh, make that move. Really quickly on that, though, I just want to commend you for speaking up early in the relationship to let him know what is and and what is not acceptable for you, Um, because, you know, we are firm believers in how you in how you begin a relationship. It's how that relationship is going to eventually carry out. So if you started out the relationship doing things for him and, and he's allowing you to do things for him and vice versa for men and women, then trust and believe that as long as you allow for them to continue to get you to do these things, it's going to carry on. I know people who have been married for 15, 20 years who are resentful because they are angry that their spouse relies on them to do all these things for them. When in the beginning you thought it was cute and you did it in the first place. So all that to say, kudos to you for speaking up right now and making him aware that this is uh, not acceptable for you. And guess what? If he doesn't want to receive that, that's on him. You know that you need somebody who's going to accept your boundaries when you're together and he chose not to. 
Absolutely. I see someone else said that she had been punished with silence or the silent treatment also, and it was painful. That's the reason why they do it. Yeah. One of the things is, is that uh, people who manipulate you through the relationship utilize their presence and their voice or their existence in order to punish you. And so they have no problems with pulling them away because they know that they pull your um, your your emotions with them. They're still connected to you. They still have a pulse on how you feel. So don't uh, don't put up with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't allow that to be a manipulation on you. Sounds good. That sounded good. Sound good to me. <laughs> All okay. right. Let's keep going. How do you support a partner who deals with depression? For example, during those dark moments. Um. That's a really good question, especially as we transition over into the winter time. Yeah. Um, if I could be like open and very transparent, I'm a person who um, suffers depression. It's it runs in my family. Uh, I have incredible mood strength swings, especially when things aren't going right for me. Then that that kind of can trigger um, those type of things for me. Hold on, what in the world is? Okay, sorry. (laughs) Just random updates. Um, And so that can trigger depression for me. But dealing with someone who is who is or supporting someone who is dealing with depression is going to be hard. The first thing is you have to understand them. I'm going to give you two sides of it. You have to understand them, understand what they're going through. It's going to be hard to pull them out. You can't just coach them out of it. You can't just motivate them out of it. You're going to have to let them be where they are, but be monitoring. If they slide too deep, it's, it's called the blues. If they slide too deep into the blues where non-existence is coming up on them, that's when you start calling 911. But as long as they're in the blues, you just be helpful. Um, you reach out to them. Is there anything I can do for you? Mm-hmm. Don't crowd them because they're, the usual things that they love and like, they don't want to have anything to do with anymore. They usually feel useless. They just may feel sad. They don't feel like they can move out of it now. So your job is just to love on them, but don't uh, beat them with that love, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the worst thing that probably and I'm even guilty of this with friends who have been depressed is, like you said, trying to coach them like, you know, well, it's not that bad. You know, could be worse. People have it worse than you. Things like that, that that people typically tell us as humans and it's supposed to make us feel better and it don't. So um, try not to minimize what they're going through. Um, don't make it your responsibility to pull them out of it. I think you make it your responsibility as a partner to walk beside them in it. And so um, allow your love for them and their love for you to help them. Um, let's say, hey, babe, um, let's get up and go for a walk. Like, I miss you. Well, let's go, let's yes. go for a walk. Like, and then, yes. you know, don't even I'll put usually it, say no. He, lazy. he <laughs> says no, but I try. I do try. Um, but like a lot, like, let's get up and go for a walk and just be like, I want to go, you know, just let's you don't even have to talk to me. Let's go for a walk. You know, you don't have to say that it enhances their mood and that it boosts endorphins, but it will. And it does foods that they eat don't bring them or make them a bunch of comfort food to think it's going to make them feel better that makes it worse like find ways to connect over food that is going to be healthier that um you know that has vitamins in it things like that open windows give them sunlight find ways to connect with them outside of that hole um and allow and hopefully if they allow you to help them but i think um a harsh thing to deal with and a harsh reality to deal with 
is that if somebody has dealt with depression a long time a certain way, it can be hurtful to you if you can't help them out of that. And it's nothing personal and they're not punishing you by being depressed. So you have to realize that it's not on you and it's not a statement about you and what you're unable to do if you're not able to pull them out of that depression. It's not your responsibility. Now, um, that was beautiful, babe. Thank you. Now, I will say from the other side, as someone who suffers depression, you have to get to a point if, if it's if it's you, anyone out here who suffers, who goes through these things and you're in a relationship because we all go through stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm to be honest, every human on the planet Earth will suffer a bout of depression yeah. uh, at one time or another. Um, but if you're going through it in, in, in a long term phase, in a chronic way, um, I implore you as a sufferer of depression to be self-aware of where you are at those times. Be self-aware, not just of your sadness, not just of the blues, but that you're there. Because if you can be aware of that you're there, you're going to be a little bit aware that it's going to affect someone else. Takara knows when I'm in my blues. Takara knows when I'm uh, going through that phase. I'll, I I get up and that was one of the first things I tell her. You know what? I think I'm in the, I think I'm in that space right now. Or after I get mm-hmm. out of that space, I was like, that you know what was wrong with me? I was in that space right now. And I try to make sure that she doesn't feel punished, hurt, or any kind of insecurity that she can't be of any help uh, to me in those spaces. It's important that you own your issue. You and, and owning your issue doesn't mean that you have to push yourself out of it. Owning your issue just makes sure that you understand that you affect other people while you're in your issue. That's very important for all of us who who deals with depression, anxiety, bipolarism, and all of those different type things. While those others are not mine, I have talked to people who have gone through those and you have to own that issue so that you don't make other people suffer through your issue. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, we got a, uh, quite, quite a, a few, few that came through. Well, let's go. Let's start with uh, the top one. Okay. She says, I'm in a relationship with a man which next month will be for two years. I found him to be a narcissist and manipulator. How to move on from this? I'm attached to the emotional side of the relationship. First of all, um, person who asked this question, definitely go to workwiththemartins.com. Please go to workwiththemartins.com because that is going to um, give you that resource why it's so hard to let them go. Six reasons why it's so hard to let them go. And we answer, you know, very pointedly questions um, as far as that. But I'm gonna let you start um, (laughs) with what she should do next. So understand this. When you're dating a narcissist or narcissistic person, everyone doesn't have to be a narcissist as far as diagnostically in order to have narcissistic attributes, Mm -hmm. okay? And many of us now today have narcissistic attributes. So I want you to understand this. When you're dealing with this, and I can see this very clearly because you have an emotional connection, you have an emotional um, addiction to him. The reason why is because that's how your uh, relationship started. It started with what they call love bombing. What it is, is is the moment, the early moments of your relationship where he just sweeps you off of your doggone feet. Mm -hmm. It happens fast it happens furious he falls in love with you and and devoutly shows his love towards you on a consistent basis until you actually believe him and begins to receive that and as you begin to receive that it does change you physically and mentally especially 
if you have sex with them. And so, and narcissists or narcissistic people are, they, some of them, <laughs> not all of them, well, can be good at, in, in the sex area. Yeah. Because that's that's a part of the love bombing, if you will. All of them are not. <laughs> I knew he was going to go there. But with that being the case, with that being the case, you need to understand why you're connected to him, why you're addicted to that emotional situation. That emotional situation, it says a little bit about him, but it also says a little bit about you. This is what you like. This is what you love. This is the connection that you desire in a relationship. And you may fear that you won't get that connection anymore. Again, go to that, but understand that this is the reason why. So now that he's tapped into you, he can pull it away mm-hmm. or punish you with it in order to make, in order to bend and uh, mold you to his, to his, uh, to his will. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. How you let go is you start with a decision. Well, okay. You have to start with a decision. The reason why I took time to show you why this is happening to you is so that you understand that number one, you're not stupid, you're not crazy, you're not, you're not. Uh, uh, There's not. It's not witchcraft in the sense of somebody put a hex on you. The idea is, is that this is how you're built, and because you're built for relationship, and because this is subjective to what you like in relationship, he knows how to manipulate that. And so you have to own you. It's like I love donuts, but I don't want my sugar to go high, Mm -hmm. so I stay away from donuts. So you have to, you know, donuts are always going to be delicious. He's always going to be delicious to you, (laughs) but he's always going to cost you something every time you go to him. So now at this place, now that you know that this is a weakness, you have to own you and make a decision and identify that decision, be be deliberate in that decision and begin to say no more, no more. Got anything else, babe? No. Nope. All right. <laughs> Hopefully that helps you. If it didn't, give us a, a holler back and we'll see what goes on next. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Um, so it says, question, dating. Uh, this oh, is let, a, me, let me read it in this the is man's a young, voice. Uh, read it in the man's voice. This is a young man. Go ahead, read it. <laughs> dating this woman, dating this woman, all has been pretty good. Asked her if she would like to come uh, to my parents for Thanksgiving next month. She can't because she says... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, This she can't because she's, she can't find a reliable cat sitter. Okay. This is the second time I asked when my uh, when my family visited from Tennessee, and, and same thing. I see this as a problem. I am thinking about ending the relationship before I continue to get deeper. Your thoughts. You're wise. That's my thoughts. When you start realizing, now, regardless of what the issue is, that she can't commit to that to, to, to meeting your parents and you're trying to push this forward, first of all, you might be going too fast for her. You can consider yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to ask how, how long have y'all been dating, but. Yeah, how, yeah let, let, me put that, let me put that out there. How long have y'all been dating? Maybe, let's, maybe you can respond to that. Um, but um, it's wise. I always say it's wise that when you're. Um, seeing a pattern of something that you're not comfortable with, it's wise to understand that I'm not comfortable with it and that stopping this is a possibility before my heart gets even more yes, deeper. Yes. But you want to actually investigate, okay? If, if she loves cats that much, then that's uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable for me. If there's something different, make it safe for her to respond to you 
Don't be like, hey, baby, listen, I've been trying to uh, get you to my parents and you just ain't budging. What is going on with you and these dang on cats? <laughs> you don't you don't want to <laughs> punch her. <laughs> you don't want to put her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kidding. You don't want you don't want to put her in a place of of defensiveness. Defensive, yeah. But uh, if you approach her in a sense to try to understand, regardless of what you're regardless of where you sit, if you put her in a position to try to understand, hey, listen. I'm really into you. I'm really into you. And because I'm into you, I'm interested in you meeting my people. But if you're not interested in meeting them, I don't want to rush this. But I I want to I want us to be open and honest at that precedent in your relationship. I want us to be open and honest with each other so that, you know, in case it's not the cat, I'm not saying it's not the cats, mm -hmm. but in case that's going too fast, you let me know so I'll know where we stand. And they've been dating for six months. Yeah, it's so early. It's, well, I mean, it, but it's and it's. Go ahead, babe. Here's the thing: I don't necessarily think it's early. I think it's important to just recognize that some people aren't trying to go where we're trying to go in real in a relationship, and they're or they may not be trying to go the pace that we're going in that relationship. And there's no right or wrong, but like Kenyon said, it's important to recognize that early um, now because you want to know that like, hey, listen, if you're, I mean, if you're a guy who's trying to do, you know, family stuff, I want my girl to meet my family, I want right. my girl to meet my parents. Number one, listen, when I was dating out there single, there is nothing more valuable than a man saying, hey, come meet my mama. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that. Um, shoot, first time me and you met, I met your mama, really, that first weekend, I think. Did you? I think so. You probably did. I think so. And so <laughs> when that when it came down to it, for a lot of women, that really does signify that someone is, you know, for the most part, unless they're just like crazy, but it really does signify that someone is serious about you. And I think if you have the ultimate goal of, you know, Get, having a nice woman, having a long relationship, make, you know, doing the family thing and, and you're a family type of person, then it's good to recognize now, six, only six months in, that she's not trying to go where you're trying to go and she may not be trying to go at that pace and be okay with that and not force her in that direction. I think it's it's better to, you know, cut your losses perhaps as opposed to trying to force something and then have her resent you later or you heartbroken later that, you know, finally it comes out that she just wasn't, you know, for you. Amen. And I'd like to pause right here and give a public service announcement that there are good men out here. Did you see this brother? Do you, do, do you see this brother? He's trying to move on or move a relationship into a direction that says serious. Yes. There are great men out here who are literally doing what we ask them to do. And to, they're evaluating you just as much as you're evaluating them. Yes. So be be respectful because a man's heart is hard to get. And, That's right. And a man who he this is a man. Watch this. This is a man who says, I want to get serious. But before I'm given more of this. And it get crushed by some cats. Um, what do I do with this? You yeah. have to understand. This is this is so very important to understand. Okay, so I just wanted to give kudos to him uh, for speaking up on that. Uh, we want to go to the next one. I see a response here for from that earlier one. Is uh, that a response? Well, yeah, where she. Um, the narcissistic guy, she was with him for seven and a half years, or she had, she was on a spiritual journey for seven and a half years, um, then met him and didn't give a chance to evaluate. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So now, now that you've evaluated, heed our, heed our call. Heed the call. Heed the word of a brother. You want to go to this one? 
<laughs> um, yeah, so I saw the question um from Jamari here. Jamari, question, is this the same person that we that we talked about a couple of weeks ago only because I, I want to make sure we're given the correct advice because the question says, um, I'm leaning to sorry, you should be reading that. It's a man. Sure. I'm leaning towards talking to uh, a friend that really likes me, but I'm hurt because I think I might hurt them and maybe making a mistake. What should I do? Yeah, we want to make sure if that's the same person because I, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a friend who was digging you, and, and you, you didn't want to hurt really, them. You yeah. weren't really trying to dig them either. I mean, you you weren't digging them like they was digging you, but you was in, interested in entertaining the conversation. So uh, answer yeah. that for us. Yeah, let us know if that's person. the same question. Um, and then okay, and then uh, Laura Lee said, "Yeah, it's a hard part not taking it personal." My boyfriend and father of my child was having an affair with his other kid's mom the entirety of our relationship, one and a half years. I'm having a hard time leaving and trusting that he won't do it again. Okay. I think that's fair. Yep. Uh, You're having a a hard time leaving. But also. But also, if you stay, you can't trust that he won't do it again. Correct. Um... But there's something that you said though just last week about the character of someone that can carry out that type of behavior for so long and hide it and lie to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to start, but I, I actually want you to to hit that again. Well, why don't you why don't you just bring that up because um, I won't remember what I said last week until I listen to the podcast. Oh, Father God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So so here's the thing, my dear. I think it's fair that you don't feel like you can trust them. I think my first question, if we were doing like live coaching with you right now, would be what has he done or has he done anything to even make you believe that he will change? Has he done anything to make you believe that he's sorry? Has he accepted accountability for his behavior? Has he made changes? Have you seen a consistent pattern of behavior that says, hey, he's making a conscious effort to change and be better for me and our family that we have together? If no, if he's making you feel like you're insane or you're crazy for wanting him to be accountable, if he's trying to sweep it under the rug, if he's trying to say like, all right, shoot, how long are you going to be mad at me? How long we got to go through this? I said I was sorry. I believe that your assessment is fair that he's not going to stop because as my husband said, but he has also forgotten that it is a character issue that somebody can carry on for that long amount of time, not just not telling you something, not just forgetting something, but like literally you carried on a whole other life. You carried on a whole other type of relationship with someone behind my back and made me believe that I could feel safe and secure with you. You have ripped the entire bit of safety and security away from me. You've traumatized me from this relationship because I believe that you are trustworthy. And now I'm out here in the cold and I can't depend on you to protect me and my heart anymore. So with that being the case, I think it's very important that you really take a long look at this relationship outside of your feelings, a long look at this relationship outside of of what you're afraid of letting go of. And honestly, ask yourself, can I trust him? And then if you're you know, not sure how to let go, I think it really begins, as Kenyon pointed out earlier, a decision. Amen. Now, where my head was at, the reason why I couldn't remember what was going on last week, because I wanted to keep a placeholder right here. Okay. You have to understand that 
First of all, whether you're married or not, because your hearts are married, you're in a place where any kind of cheating uh, traumatic is trauma traumatic to you. So what's going on is, is that you spent 1.5 years with a man who you built the hope of a family with. And once you found this out, you realize that none of this was real for you, as, re as deeply real for him as it was for you. That's traumatic. And so what you're doing is you're dealing with the uh, cognitive dissonance mm. of how can I hang on to my hope while while knowing that in order to have my hope, I got to hang on to my hope killer. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is why it's so traumatic. Everything that Takara said is absolutely correct in the sense that all this was stripped away from you. All this was taken away from you. It's gonna be it's gonna be bad dreams sometimes. It's gonna be night sweats sometimes. It's gonna be bad eating, either overeating or undereating, or an inability to eat or sleep, or whatever the case may be. There may be some depression there, or whatever the case may be. At this point, you're gonna to have to deal with you. You're going to have to make sure that you can you can um, get yourself into a safe place so that you don't continue to contribute to that character. Because before mm -hmm. it was hidden, now it's in the light. And without demonstrative actions, such as absolute and total transparency, then, and, 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 and absolute and total transparency, um, uh, his his actual the way he carries himself because yeah. men know how to carry themselves whether they're a, a, as single or taken um, how he speaks to you and how he and whether he takes full accountability of it and how long he does because you're not going to get over this overnight just because he's over it he slept with her. he he let it off he's gone that's mm -hmm. gone that moment is gone for him but this moment is here for you and now he has to eat that moment. Because you have to go through the process of the car crash. You have to feel the pain. You have to get the stitches. You have to get the cast. You have to go through all the painful process of healing from that wreck of his actions. Listen. So he's got to eat that. If he can't eat that, then he's not ready. He's not ready. And and listen, mm -hmm. listen to what she said. She said they were together on and off for 10 years prior to her I guess is it possible that he could stop and change or should I leave and I think Brittany asking someone else outside of you should you leave never works because you never listen um, the only time you're going to leave is when you are ready to leave and so we would never just be like you know a peace out like walk away forget him because it doesn't work well the reason why she's asking oh, watch this oh, oh go ahead let me, let me finish finish no okay go why is she asking because you might forget <laughs> Just, just you calling me old. Yes. All right. The reason why she's asking is because she knows what she's supposed to do. Boom. That's you, it. You, you know, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. Right. You're right. Don't get me wrong. Right. But listen. But here's the other thing, though, um, hun, is he was with this other person on and off for 10 years and then got with you and then still carried on with her behind your back. I am very sorry. I'm going to say this and I do not ever want you to feel um, silly 
dumb about this because he came to you probably from a rebound situation. He was still tied to her. He was still emotionally connected to her. He was still reeling from whatever happened between them two. And he came to you and loved all over you and loved bomb you, not necessarily narcissistic way, but loved all over you to try to get relief from her. And it just happened that I believe y'all had a baby. So like when it came down, when it really comes down to it and he never stopped really messing with her, she's got to hold on him. So you got to ask yourself, honestly, 10 years is a long time. That's a decade. And then was still messing around with you the whole time that y'all are together. So if that's the case, do you really want to be in a relationship with someone that you know will never fully, truly be yours as well? Because history has shown that he always goes back to her. History is keeps telling you that he keeps going to her, keeps messing with her. Even when you weren't there, he was on and off with her. That should really give you some clues about what you should be doing yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hopefully that helps. Uh, if it does help, just let us know. Um, uh, Jay says, uh, yes, that is the same young lady. Uh, can I go ahead and answer that real quick? Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Because I don't want to belabor the point. We appreciate your honesty. Here's the thing. Um, based upon the question this week and the question the last time we asked it, some, some, a few things have changed. Last time it was, should I entertain it? Knowing that I'm not into her as much as she's into me. This time it's, uh, I'm leaning towards it. Uh, but, I, but I'm hurt and I know that I can hurt her. So now you got a two for one. You have two, you have two places in your life where you can hurt her. Number one is that you're hurt and you haven't healed yet. And you know, you can. Number two is that she's feeling you, but you, you know, you're not feeling her like that. And so you can hurt her in that rejection space as well. Um, so what you're doing, man, is you're, you're actually trying to uh, justify a rebound. You're trying to justify using her to to keep space because you don't want to be alone. And I want to tell this to you specifically as a man, because men do this. Let me be honest with you. Men will use women to self-medicate their issue of breaking up. Women rebound, too, but no one does it like men. We will move on to someone else and we will be fully into that relationship. As if they are ours and they will believe totally because we're putting the energy their their surrogate. We're putting into them what we wish we had to put into the other one. Yep. And if you do that, you're going to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And what the man thing to do is, is to pull back. Get yourself together, bro. And really make sure that if this is your friend and you're going to be a loving friend, that you take care of her heart before you take care of what you think you're missing. Absolutely. I'm just being honest with you on that. Okay. So just I'd I'd pass, be her friend, but, and if you can't be her friend and not flirt or put together some kind of interaction with her, then you're going to have to. You know, step yeah, away a little back. bit. You're going to have to pull back a little bit and, and and be honest. Hey, listen, you know what? Maybe I'm digging you. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I love your friendship, but there's something going on in me. So I think I'm going to, you, you may or may not hear from me in a little bit while I work on me. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Be honest with her about that. Be man. This is a man thing. See, what we hear is a man thing is as long as I can afford her, I'm a man. That's not it. As long as you can emotionally afford her and she can and you've accounted the cost that she can emotionally afford, afford you. That's a man because a man is a leader first and you're supposed to be leading her in this. And if you're going to lead her in love, you've got to be loving. This is not loving behavior. This is um, kind hurting. Of selfish. It, it is selfish, but we always, it's selfish, but I want to make sure that you understand that we're not beating you. Yeah, we're not beating up on you, but it's, it's self-serving. Maybe that's a better word. Right. Well, whenever I burn myself and hurt my hand, I grab my hand to myself mm-hmm. because it hurts. You see what I'm saying? You're hurt in an area that you're grabbing it to yourself and you see something that can fit, that can make it feel better. That's mm-hmm. all. Okay, so I want you to make sure that you understand that if you're going to be a good guy and a loving guy, because we are good guys, it's just that we make mistakes, too. Right. Right. Absolutely. Don't do that to her. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't give yourself six to six to 12 months to heal. All right. And be and be and be and be confident in that and what i mean by be confident in that if in six to 12 months you got to come to us with the same question you're not you're not there yet okay that's it's very important for us because we have to stand in a different place as men we have to stand in a different place and i love that you're so open i love that you're so honest yeah i love that you're so uh emotionally vulnerable i love every part of that and that gives us an opportunity to actually coach you through that and so this is important don't be another one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully that, that helps. was good stuff. Yeah. Um, we have this next question. She says, I was in a narcissistic marriage. I've been separated from him for almost six months. And sometimes I still feel the heaviness of his negativity on my life. Why could this be? Oh, because he trained you in it. He trained you in it. See, <laughs> You look at me like, go ahead. Then. I'm like, yeah, I know you got something to say, Kenya Martin. <laughs> because he trains you in it. You have to understand that a narcissist, okay, we just talked about the whole love bombing process, right? And so now we talk about the, um, what is that? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the process this year, probably come up with a name. But now we talk to you about the punishing process. It's, a, it's the cycle. Right. Now I forget. I, for, I forgot too, but I know what you're talking we about. We do that. Um, because we coach people through it. We don't usually define it for people. But what's going on is, is he trains you through criticism and critique. He trains you to make you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. He trains you and beat you up about you or what you are or, or not doing right. And he, and, he, um, and he awarded you or rewarded you every now and then mm-hmm. to the place that you feel like if you are loved, you earned it. Mm-hmm. And when you're not being loved or something's going wrong, there's something wrong with you. Right. This is a very, very heavy elephant that sits on the back of those who have been under narcissists for so long. Right. So this is the reason why you're feeling that. So you have to be very conscious. Now that you know this, you have to be very conscious about how you think about yourself and how you think about those negative feelings. You have to be very aware and very mindful. You have to actually sit down with a journal and write down what those feelings are. What does that make me feel? I am not that. What does this make me feel? Why does it make me feel that? Because he because he said it, because this is what he did to me. I am not that. This is his problem, not mine. Right. You're going to have to go through those type things. And if it's any deeper, you might have to go see a therapist on that. Yeah. And, and I think 
it's it's important to understand, especially as we always tell people this, leaving the relationship, making that decision to leave is one thing, but that wilderness place from the time you left that relationship to the time you find wholeness is probably one of the hardest seasons that you'll go through in life because you're going to have to unlearn a lot of things that they trained you and groomed you for. And the only way that they could keep you there for so long, the only way that they can keep you pliable, keep you doing what they wanted to, was to break you down mentally and emotionally to depend on them for approval and to depend on them for validation. And so outside of that, even if they're not there, you're going to hear their negativity, their voices, their actions in your head. There are still things to this day that I do not do even with Kenyon because I was trained not to do it in a previous relationship. And it's just now become a part of who I am. Like literally certain things have become my habit because of things that have happened in previous toxic relationships. And so there are things that, yeah, you may have to go to therapy to unlearn. You may have to intentionally um Listen, speak life, speak affirmations over yourself. It really does work in that process as well. But stay in touch with us. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and stuff um, and as well. But listen, you're not crazy. That's I think that's the bigger point here is that you're not crazy and there's nothing wrong with you. And it's going to take some time for you to break free from that mental hold that he's had over you. I think we're in an era, Takara, that after um, there was a huge era, I, I guess, where a long time where physical abuse towards women was a very prevalent thing Yeah. until the laws in the 80s came through and then they began to actually grow in those laws. And now what we're seeing is a lot of psychological and mental and emotional abuse yes. that comes from what are supposed to be non-emotional creatures, which are men, which are, we absolutely are every bit of emotional as women. We're just not as emotionally articulate. But at the same time, there has been a switch and that switch has been extremely dangerous because now they're doing things hands free that are leaving scars. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Women do these, too. But women typically when we talk about narcissists, women's uh, source or target are generally their children, not their spouse. If it is their spouse, it's a, a, a quieter or introvert, more introverted man. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, I mean, just on that really quickly, like yeah. it's, it's really surprising how many men you'll find in these situations where there is emotional abuse and they literally are proud because at least I'm not hitting you. Yes. At least I'm not beating you. Yes. And it's like, well, one does actually worse. <laughs> like, so I'd rather a black eye than sometimes have to deal with some of the emotional stuff that I had to go through to unlearn. You want me to tell you what's even worse? What's what's even worse? What's even worse is because it leaves no um because it leaves no fingerprints or no bruises. Mm -hmm. You have organizations like churches and people who's who who have put the marriage before the health of the person, and now they're locked in because of yes. faith belief. God, they're they're told that they're supposed to stay there. They're told they're supposed to try through it, uh, long long suffering, so on and so forth. And now you have someone who actually believe that God wants them to be there Listen. and be destroyed. Right. That you have someone mm -hmm. to believe that hey, your marriage is a prison. That's okay. You, that that that's your prison, and God wants you. That is that is. It gets worse and worse and, and worse. And it's more insidious. It is very insidious. Be careful out there. Be careful out there. Seriously. Men go through it too, but at, f at a far less rate. Mm -hmm. As far as relationships is concerned. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Let me hit this question. She's basically saying, um, so he's texting me or when I have a, uh, or when I try, I guess he's always texting her when she tries to have a conversation. It's like, he's given that, like, he's very much over that. Like he's over, he don't want to have a conversation. So she's checked out because she's told him many times, is this control on her end or a red flag? Basically that he doesn't want to have live conversations over texting. Um, this is a totally different question. Yeah, this is a new question. Okay, so he doesn't. So he do, he he doesn't want to have any kind of con- live conversation. Okay, no. Okay, so sorry. Okay. So I missed p- the first part of the question. Okay, go ahead. Talk, start all over. I was talking to a. I was talking to a new guy for a week. For the first forty-eight to seventy-two hours, it was great. I believe he was love bombing me because all of a sudden he can't call and talk no more, or he slowed down on it. And then, then now she's like, he's only, he slowed down on texting her, I guess. Mm -hmm. When she tries to have her conversation, he's acting like he's over it. Mm -hmm. So she's checked out and she's like, I've told him many times, is that control on her hand, on her end or a red flag? No, it's a red flag. This is, this is a behavior that you do not want to deal with and you don't want to play the games or whatever the case may be. What I will, what I will say is, is if you're, if you feel like, okay, if he's, if he's slowed down because he's busy. Mm-hmm. What does he do for a living? What what's going on with him? Because I want to give I want to give a balanced answer here. Okay, I but can do, typically I can you know how a person uh, actually pulls back and are are playing that you game. You know the feeling. Yes, you know the feeling. And if that's something that you don't want to play, you don't have to. Um, I, I'll go a step further. Wondering what you and you do not have to say this. Do not put this in the chat. But I always have something going on in my mind, um, identifying what is it that you guys talked about? What is it that he kind of alluded to? What did, it, what did he allude to that he wanted or wanted to um, uh, chase with you? Right. What was his intentions? If he had any, sometimes they show themselves up early. Sometimes they don't. But if they do show themselves up early and you and you push back on that, that's a red flag as well. When they say when they cross their arms and and walk away and give you the silent treatment, any reason why there's a silent treatment um, on that end? Yeah, of course, that's a, that's definitely a red flag. Um, but uh, I, I always like to jump in deeper in to figure out what he's trying to get away with or what he's trying to get from you. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't necessarily even call it love bombing. I think people just lose interest. Right. So like, I think it's important to recognize that like, if he started out all hot and heavy and then he lost interest, that happens. Like people have, you know, lost interest after a few days before. And I think that's okay. Perhaps, you know, listen, it's, we're just not going to hit it off. I have had conversations with dudes back in the day, you know, met, we talked on the phone a couple of times and I'm like, eh, you know what? Not really for me. No longer interested. I think it'd be probably more honest on his part if he came forward with it. But I think for you, I wouldn't try to like necessarily get an attitude. Like, how come you don't call me? I want to talk on the phone. I want to do this. Listen, you don't have to be a bad guy to not want the same things that I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good too. At the end of the day, if he's not digging you that way, if he's not connecting with you on the level that you like to be connected to, then you know what? This is just not going to be for me and move forward. Don't try to force and drag him along to do things your way when it could just be that, Hey, this is not for me. And I'm going to move on and see, see the next one. Right. Cause that could be a little red flag for you. Yeah. 
Exactly. Makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. I know we gave two different sides, but it's, it's good to get a well-rounded. <laughs> I think when you said, what did you do for a living? You said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a red flag. That's, that's a big one. That should have been the first one. You know what I'm saying? That's the biggest flag there is. It's cool. We're not going to judge anybody. With a big old flagpole. But we just need, you know, with, with that small amount of time, and of, of course you're trying to figure out what's going on or what's this, that, and the other, and I know it's red flag season for whatever reason. And I don't know where that's come from. I don't know the either, idea, but it's funny on Twitter. Yeah. But, but the idea is um, you have a standard. Right. He's not keeping to that standard. It's okay to move on. But boom. There it is. Um, so we got this next question. She says, okay, we got 10 minutes. My husband and I had problems before we got married, such as flirting, emotional cheating, trust issues, working together, and so on. I assumed it would be the same afterwards. He wants things to change. I am willing to work on everything. However, it's a lot harder for me because I don't love him anymore. I married him mostly for the sake of our kids. I feel as if too much time has passed without us working it out for it to actually be worth it. What should we do? What is how how long have you been married? See, this is a this is a this is a marital coaching question in a sense that we want details because we can't obviously tell you what to do, but you already know what you want to do, and you may be seeking permission. But at the end of the day, we want we 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 would want to know more information so that we can actually guide you through that. But just on on podcast level, uh, how long have you guys been together? Okay, and why is it that you don't love him anymore? Uh, I w- she said too much time is oh, right. Sorry. Too too much time has gone by without working on that, mm-hmm. which means that during your marriage those were still issues. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So a- ask answer this question: Were those still issues during your marriage? Or resolving the issues of them never came by, even though they weren't a problem during your marriage. Right. Um, answer that as well, and we'll jump. We'll jump back to that. But it's very important because that's a that's an in depth question because you're asking us for a do I leave or do I go? And we like we, we ain't gonna say that. <laughs> we can't usher you into divorce. No man. Um, but we can. I, I think the the idea is 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 isolating behavior versus your inability to have gotten over what that behavior used to be. Right. That's good. And that's what we're looking for here. That's good. Um, This next question says, after 12 years of marriage, of affairs, lying and stonewalling, I filed for divorce. Now my husband has been going to therapy for two months. How to discern whether he is really changing or not? Well, that depends on you. You've already filed for divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And you first ask yourself, do you want to try again? And if you do want to try again, you're going to have to look at his behavior and his therapy in order to identify whether he has made the changes demonstrably enough to continue on without the divorce. All right. Going to therapy doesn't change things. Right. All right. And what kind of therapy? Because I know somebody who's been going to therapy, but it's really been a church men's group and they they got worse. Right. So that's that's (laughs) like that ain't therapy. (laughs) Going to seek help doesn't change things. Receiving that help, implementing that help and showing a demonstrable change in my demeanor, my character and my activity and energy towards that change. That's what you're looking for. If you love the man. Yeah. And you're, you've already filed for a divorce. We got it. 
doesn't mean you no longer love him. It means you file for divorce because of his character or his or his um, behavior. Right. But if you've already if you filed for divorce, but you love the man and you're willing to give him a chance, you have to understand this is a long term commitment. Just that chance alone. You can put that those papers on hold and then you can say, I'm a watch. I'm not saying give him any ultimatums. I'm not saying give him a plan. I'm saying sit back and observe. And when you begin to see that, yeah, this is a game. Your papers are ready. If you begin (laughs) to see, (laughs) if you begin to see that he really is trying, he keeps falling, but he keeps getting back up. I admire about, I I admire that about him. Uh, Maybe I'll join him in therapy one day. And maybe both of you can get therapy and then you can work towards that way. Right. But that's your decision. I I think, yeah, I think it starts, though, with what do you want? I think 12 years and two months are two different time spans. What you've observed over 12 years, and I'm not saying people cannot change. So please, 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 please don't don't put that on me. I'm not saying people can't change, but I'm saying what you observed over 12 years and what you observed now over two months um, are two different time spans. And so I think you have to look at, you know, have you perhaps you know, threatened to leave before and he just didn't believe you. So he didn't change. Is this a last ditch effort? Because I promise you a lot of toxic people will continue to treat you like garbage until they see that, oh my God, you're serious. And then decide to do all the things that you've been begging them to do. Um, there's a thing, um, you know, working, I used to, you know, used to talent acquisitions, right? Recruitment. And one of the things that would happen, like I would go out and I would, you know, be a headhunter. And so I would like have to go out and find people uh, for a job. Right. And I would court them. I would find them for that job. I'd get them all excited about the job. And then um, and a lot of times we ask, why are you looking for a new job? Well, because my current employer doesn't appreciate me. I'm not getting paid enough. I've asked for a raise. I've asked for more responsibility. I've asked for, you know, um, an increase and they are not paying attention. They're not giving it to me. So I want to move to another company. Yes, I will come join your organization. Yes, I want a new job. Cool. Come on through. I'm going to give you this new job. What happens once you put in that two week notice? And we always have to have conversations with candidates before they put in the two weeks notice. You know why? Because all of a sudden, as soon as the employers see that they can no longer take advantage of you and that you're serious about leaving. Oh, wait. Okay. Now we'll give you more. Oh, wait. Okay. Now we'll give you what you deserve. Oh, wait. Okay. Now we'll increase you and give you a promotion. And then that candidate will turn down my offer and we'll be like, don't do it. Because what usually always happens is that once the candidate decides to stay in that, let's say, toxic employer environment, that employer then begins to treat them worse. And then a few months down the line, that candidate gets fired anyway. Wow, because they don't even trust that they'll be around. No, they don't trust they'll be around. But also, it's it's a point of vindictiveness, right? Right. Because okay, they'll get you to stay. They'll give you what you want for a little while. All the while, while you're sitting there, they're already looking for your replacement. All that to say that when people feel like they're in a desperate position, they will do everything in their power to get you back and even make you feel guilty and second guess your choice for leaving. Once they're safe, once they feel like things are safe, they look around and be like, all right, cool. They're not going anywhere. Now I can continue and move forward with what I was doing before. And so I I, I caution you into evaluating two months against uh, the 12 years that you've been with them. 
listen, take a whole year and allow allow them to be. If you don't want to finish the divorce paperwork, take an entire year and see if they're going to improve. Because at minimal, it's performative, but at best, at least they're changing for themselves, even if you decide you don't want them at the end of that year. But don't allow guilt or somebody to make you start second guessing what you know you deserve because all of a sudden they're doing everything that you asked them to probably, you know, all these years that y'all been together. Amen. 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 I saw uh, that there was a response to that question about how long they had been married. Yeah, she said Um, three months. She said three months. They were together for two years and married for three months. So what I gather in this situation, your feelings went from being hurt to apathetic because you can't trust them. Mm -hmm. And 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 there's a little bit of avoidance in there. Mm hmm. Uh, a little bit of attachment theory going on, but there's a little bit of an uh, avoidance um, in the sense that let me ask you a question and you, we don't have time to go through this right now, but do you t- when you're done with something, do you typically shut down on it? Um, when you're afraid of something, when you've already determined that something's not going to work, do you always turn your back on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at something and you realize that that right there, they're not going to treat you any different or you feel like they're not going to treat you any different or they're really not going to work on it. Do you turn turn your back on it? That's a little bit of, of, of avoidance. And what I would implore you to do is give him an opportunity. I don't like keeping people in bad situations and I don't believe keeping people in bad marriages. But if this exists for you, then that's a that's a cycle for you. And that's how you deal with problems. And what I'm getting at is that there's a place in some of us. Uh, I think is it is it there's a place in, a, in some of us who, who are avoidant. I'm not avoidant, but there's some of us who are avoidant and more women are becoming avoidant at this time. And meaning at this at, at, there comes a time where they decide that this dude, this dude is trash and. I'm moving on and they become emotionally checked out because this is a habit of how they've lived their lives. And I know that I can't change you. And I know that there's going to need to be more work for him to even change your feelings, especially if this is a habit. But what I would say is give him an opportunity to make it right. Because what you're doing, if people who are avoidant has already made the decision that they'll never be right. Mm-hmm. And I want you to give him that opportunity. Don't know whether he'll do it or not. Don't know. You guys are going to need to go through some counseling, some real life coaching or counseling. If you go through a church or whatever, just make sure they got some kind of credentials because we want to make sure that uh, both of your voices are being heard. I get where you're at. Um, but something tells me that there's a little bit more to it, especially with such a such such a short time. Yeah, and and when you very specifically when Kenyon says give him a chance, I think it has to be very an intentional chance, right? So let's just say. Um, for you, sit down and actually write out what you would need in order to even make this relationship work. What things would need to happen, what things would need to look like. And you know what? Find out from him as well. Like, hey, what would you need in order for this relationship to actually feel right for us to be in right now? Um, Because I think three months, it takes a very long time, at least five years for y'all to just really begin to kind of find your stride in marriage. The first year being one of the most challenging ones because you're you're bumping heads trying to become one. So it's very challenging. But I think before you just be like, you know what, I don't even want to do this no more. Um... 
a lot of times for a woman to get to that point, I, I hope that there's nobody else lurking in the wings as well right now too. So I, I pray that there's not. But if, you know, as long as there's not somebody lurking and you're just not checked out because you've kind of set your eyes and attention somewhere else, really take a step back and actually have that honest conversation with yourself. And 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 when Kenyon says, give him a chance, y'all come together and work it out together. You can't be apathetic there and be like, well, let me just see what he gonna do. No, it's y'all working together. It's maybe going to counseling. It's, um, you know, it's maybe sitting down and actually going through some, some marriage books together, things like that. Really begin to work together to see what you can do and then make decisions after that. But just to, at three months in, it's not a very long time to be like, you know what, this marriage thing ain't what I thought I was gonna be. Like, never mind. She's trying. She's trying to catch that that mark of uh, what is that? Annulment. Annulment. Right. Yeah. No. Don't do that. So, um, be very intentional though if you're going to give him that choice and that opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com ask us your question or ask for a friend once again thank you for tuning in to ask the martins podcast we hope you enjoyed the program